0: This essay was written on January 12, 2017, and it is number 14 of 20 essays written in the series Diagnosed Mortal. Take a look at my life. I live in a town north of my granddaughter's, not far away, but far enough away that when I come to visit I stay with them a spell. I'm the faraway grandma, Nana. Because of this distance, I enjoy a bit of extra rock star status that the other, more worthy grandmother is denied by her ability to be present and helping with the truly important matters that need to be done regarding rearing children, a direct support to the parents. I simply land like some magic old woman fairy who lives in a mysterious, faraway land that they have never visited. I can't imagine where they think I live, probably in a stump or a tree house. I should ask them what they imagine my house is like. Finding myself a grandparent seven years ago took me by surprise. Like most things, when you're young and you imagine a thing without any real examination of where you may have dredged up that notion, it happened, and of course, I was stunned. So it was with my entering grandparenthood. I had no idea I could love another human being like that. It was shocking to me. I didn't even realize until the moment I held Madeline for the first time that my heart had over time turned into an old marble that was rattling around in the bottom of a tin cup called my breast. And what happened then? Well, in Whoville, they say. That, the Grinch's small heart, grew three sizes that day. Then, a few years later, I held my second grandchild, Ariana. Well, my cup runneth over. There were pictures posted on Facebook yesterday of the children playing in the unexpected snowfall at their house. Even my son could hardly contain his excitement. This easy access to joy that he has makes him a great father. There were pictures. There were movies. And I watched in awe, remembering and savoring that boundless joy of a small child embodies. bodies. When I was a parent, I wanted to appreciate my children's joy, but in truth, Being a parent is such a wretchedly hard job that it seems only the people who are partnered can afford to hire caregivers to help, or who live in the pockets of their family, as in a village, those, they can really drink deeply from that well, regularly. There is too much to do in keeping the train from derailing on schedule as a parent in this modern world. That is the real amazing part about being one step beyond the action as a grandparent. It is like a reward for schlepping through the debris of real life with children as they drag you kicking and screaming through your own unresolved parental issues by proxy. If you've done your work properly, these grandchildren's issues are not your issues any longer. Or if they are, some peace has been made, hopefully, in aging through them. Parents don't get peace until after their children get through puberty, and childhood has morphed into an adult thing. There is relief and even possibly a social life, if they can still string three coherent words together. Usually things mellow out for a spell. See the Jesus years in episode 5. That said, I now have 8 days to live, and death dictates that as a grandparent and elder, there are a few things I've been thinking about that I need to share regarding rites of passage, adulthood, and North American culture. When I was with Stephen Jenkinson this last summer, he spoke about something I think is important to understand about our culture in adulthood. We revered childhood in this culture. We hold youth in such high esteem, that we've built a subculture around the thrill of it in places like Disneyland and Las Vegas. We have carnival rides at the mall. Amusement parks and museums are built as monuments to popular toys, movies, and rock and roll. In America, the perpetually amused, being a kid and remaining a kid is a sort of ideal. No one really talks about the price we pay for not growing up, though we are looking at it and dealing with it daily. We are so accepting of this as normal that we have elected a boy in a man's body as President of the United States, along with supporting other world leaders who have come to power as glorified cherubs with very expensive toys that go boom. What was suggested last summer in changing this was a renewed understanding regarding the practice of rituals of entering adulthood. Many cultures have rituals, and some of them are extremely harsh. Perhaps it is the brutality of it that causes people to be repulsed by the idea. Worse, some practices have been bastardized from the orientation to adulthood to sinister means to sublimate tribal members. These are probably tarnished from the original intention. The hard fact is a child must accept that they must kill their childhood in such a way that they cannot return to it for succor. It must be accepted and understood the importance and rewards to grow on past childhood and to emerge as a whole adult. What a thing to ask in this day and age. Is it no wonder it is not a popular practice that is taken seriously? I contend it must be taken seriously. I'm no expert on religious studies, but I know a little about Jewish rite of passage of a bar mitzvah and a bat mitzvah. I'm sure there are many other religions and sects that have rites of passage. It seems many of these rituals have turned into an opportunity for kids to be lured into accepting adulthood by receiving large gifts. No one is smiting any childhood. I'd wager that originally that ritual was much more challenging at one time and it was softened up over the years to keep people practicing. Leaving childhood to go on the journey to being a full adult human being is not for the faint of heart. It takes courage one gets from facing their need to be a child and understanding that it must be left by their own volition to go forward in life. It requires having the strength to leave childhood behind, possibly abandoned, crying and neglected. It is a tough, tough thing to do. The alternative is worse much worse. I'll tell you why I think that a world of hurt sits on the shoulders of this cultural failure of not supplying children with an inspiration and a desire to be fully adult one day. You see, nature does not abide that which is atrophied. This includes human nature. The violence of trauma will hone in to those vulnerable to force the issue. For instance, you cannot throw a cat without hitting a child that has been molested or raped in the society, or a child that has been exposed to murder and abhorrent violence, a bombing or a school shooting. What happens to children when they are brutally overexposed to these kinds of inappropriate and disheartening adult activities when they become collateral damage and thrown into a shattering trauma? and a journey that requires a heart-rendering series of reenactments into adulthood. If they survive, all of that, they can end up as what is referred to as a wounded healer and help others. Mostly, they don't survive and end up going out in a blaze of vengeance, usually taking others with them and seeding the trauma for future dark seasons as shaded wounded warriors, whose medicine is poison and their teachings promote fear and distrust. What I am suggesting here regarding developing ritual is that it doesn't have to be violence that blindsides a person into adulthood. The ferocious end of childhood, yes, because it is hard to leave comfort and what you have come accustomed to. The assaults and the trauma, no. If the ritual into adulthood is guided and supported by family and society, with an understanding that the child takes the step away from their childhood in full knowledge of that act, they have a greater chance of being able to have fulfilling and stable lives. There must be autonomy. It must be their choice. I want my children and grandchildren to be strong and have successful and satisfying lives. I want them to live to their full potential and not have to be drug around by the hair by social and cultural constraints. I don't suspect that any of this evolution is going to turn on a dime anytime soon. But it will have to evolve if the United States is going to survive its own childhood. Aging and maturity need to be considered as valuable so we can work toward being better humans. Something more desirable than going to Disneyland or Vegas or attending a party school for higher education is going to have to be offered to a young person who is willing to fight off their childhood and step into the world to participate as an adult. We cannot even offer a leadership role to all children anymore in society, as that has been turned into a circus act via infotainment. I'm going to Skype my girls sometime before I go to the hospital in a few days. Hopefully I will read them a few stories and tell them some tales, like trying to tell them I live in a tree in a birdhouse. See if they believe me. Hopefully they will remember me fondly, enjoying their childhood with them. I truly hope that they will hunger for something uniquely fulfilling come their time to cross the threshold into adulthood. I want them to have the support for the courage to discover who they are in the world. It is only as an adult that the true celestial vitality of the self can come home to roost. The alternative is everything a child could want, with none of the passion of life fulfilled. This audio file is an addendum to a blog post called, Take a Look at My Life at allthedifferentways.com the